A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's meant to be, meant to be, meant to be, meant to be, meant to be Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hello and welcome back to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's mental health podcast. I'm Rachel Moss, Metro's lifestyle editor, and on today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Olympic swimmer, businesswoman, and all-round superstar Rebecca Adlington. We're going to be talking about her life and career and how her recent experience of miscarriage and sepsis impacted her mental health. But before that, I've been hearing from all of you. As always, you've been getting in touch to let us know what you've been doing to support your mental health this week. After feeling utterly exhausted by my need to people please, I have been looking out for my mental health the past week by actually saying no. I cleared my diary, I cancelled plans and I took some time out to do exactly what I wanted to do for a week and I came out the other side feeling energised, refreshed and actually excited to see people again. This week I made a real conscious effort to try and listen to my friends and family more when having conversations with them. I forget how hard it is sometimes to actually really listen to people, especially if I'm having an anxious week. And it made me feel better for trying to be a better friend, but it really reminded me that sometimes everyone's lives are just as complicated as each other's. And by really making an effort to listen, I was sort of able to step out of my own self-centred, anxious bubble for the week. Rebecca, it's so lovely to be chatting to you today, not only because we've spoken about mental health before and you're so brilliant on all that stuff, but because I think like a lot of people, I feel like I've grown up with you a little bit. I remember being like 16 and watching this really cool 19 year old win two golds and being very impressed and then just seeing you go on TV and talk about shoes a lot. Um, I thought you were an absolute legend (laughs) for that. How does it feel for you looking back on that now? Does it feel like a million years ago? Yeah, it always makes me feel really old, (laughs) especially when people say, yeah, yeah, 16. I was like, gosh, and I was 19. And now it's like, yeah, it's so long ago. But in some ways, like in some ways in my life, it feels like it was a million years ago. But then in so many other ways, I remember it all so clearly. Like there's such vivid memories that obviously I'll never, ever forget But it's just, and I think because I talk about it so often and when you see videos and photos, like it just stays in your memory 
like cemented in there <laughs> compared to other things. But yeah, it's one of those, I'm definitely not as fit as I used to be. I can promise you that I get tired just walking up the stairs, but it's so lovely when I do get a chance to look back at those memories and, and those things because it, it is far from my life now. So it's always nice to look back. How was it for you at the time suddenly being catapulted into the public eye at such a young age? Do you know what? It was one of those things that at the time I never, ever expected it. I mean, I didn't have an agent, a manager, whatever you want to call it, going even into Beijing because firstly, not many swimmers need one or have to have one because you don't get into swimming to ever be in any sort of fame or spotlight or anything else. But certainly, obviously, I never even expected to happen to get two gold medals. So I guess for me, it was just so overwhelming coming back from Beijing. And I think Beijing was really special, I think, because normally for an Olympic Games, yes, you obviously do get some hype. and But it's always difficult when the time difference is a lot. And it was in Beijing, obviously. Um, But also, I think it was just more so because we knew we had London, that there was more of this build up because everyone was got this Olympic fever because we were like, the next ones are us. And it was like, I don't know, it's just something different in Beijing. And then kind of coming home, I was so overwhelmed. Like I've never even seen a famous person. Do you know how some people say, oh, yeah, I've walked down the street and I've seen this person or been here and you've met this person. I've never even seen anybody before. You don't see anyone in Mansfield in the nicest possible way. So it was one of those that was just so bizarre. And it kind of, I just went on this whirlwind of an adventure going, my mom, bless her, was like Jerry Maguire. And she was kind of like, Becky will do this. Yeah, Becky will do that. No, she can't do this. And organizing everything. Like my family, we were staying up till like 3 a.m. just to answer fan mail. It was just like crazy, um, that period of my life. But obviously, then I got back into training and then things calmed down and I got a manager, agent, whoever, whatever that term is, just to kind of help with those sorts of things. And then it, it did ease out, but it's one of those, you still never get used to it. Even now, my daughter, bless her, she's eight, she's like, mummy why do people want your photo? And I'm like, I don't know. And I still don't know what to tell her because it, it is bizarre. It is one of those that like, you never get used to it, I don't think. But it's one of those that everyone's always super lovely and everyone just thinks, like you said before, that people have grown up with me. A lot of people just go, hiya, Becky. And they forget I don't know them. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you don't know me, but I, I know you. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> which is really lovely. It sounds really lovely and really exciting, but I imagine also there was a lot of pressure that came with that. And I know you've spoken in the past about how it impacted your body image, for example, and the feelings you were having around that as a young woman. Would you mind sharing a bit about that with us? Yeah, I think it's one of those that growing up from a sport background, you looked at your body in a very, very different way. Like for for us in sport A, I'm from a sport that it is a very revealing attire that you have to wear. You can't really escape that in, in the sport of swimming. It is, it is a small costume. You see every lump and bump, every spot, every whatever. You can't do your hair really lovely. You can't really wear makeup. So you are, of course, very exposed. So it's very different. And I think growing up in sport as well, if I went to a competition and if I saw somebody else, I'd be like, wow, they're in shape. And it would make me nervous as a competitor going, they look more in shape. So we looked at our bodies very, very differently. So then when 
obviously Beijing happened and people were critiquing my looks and my body that were nothing to do with my performance. It just became a shock because it was kind of like in sport that doesn't really happen. And it's kind of like nobody's looking at bits of cellulite or if they're chubby than anyone else. Everyone's looking at how their body shape is and how they move through the water and is their technique right and and all these different elements. So it was definitely hard to get used to. And I think for me, I kind of, I don't know how to explain. I think I got used to the body comments more than I did my looks comments because my body, I was so proud. My my body gave me four Olympic medals. My body was my tool. If you think about Formula One and they have a car, my my equipment is my body. Like that's what makes me perform at my very best. But then the whole looks thing was a very um, strange one for me because I was kind of like, a, it was very, very personal because let's, let, let's be real. Like not everyone is going to look like Brad Pitt or David Beckham. Not everyone in the world are these beautiful things. And I think as well, beauty is kind of so different to different people. What I consider beautiful might be completely different to somebody else. And it's all subjective, but it had nothing to do with my performance. I could maybe, maybe understand people going, oh, you're quite, you're not as thin as I expected a swimmer to be or whatever. Whereas my looks, I was like, what difference does that make? I put my hat and goggles on and go for a swim. I don't need to be pretty. I don't need to have that that element. And that's something that I really struggled with. And I, I almost struggled with it more as well because that was my mum and dad that was reading that. I felt really bad for my family more than I did myself, to be honest, because people forget about that. When you say hurtful comments about people, it's not just that person they're hurting. It's their partner. It's their parents. It's absolutely everybody that is connected to them in a way that it offends them as well. Because my mum and dad had to read that about their baby girl. And it was like, it really, I found it really difficult to help my mum and dad through that as well, because that and that was a really strange thing to go through. <laughs> no, it's just awful that those comments ever happened and that they continue to happen to women in the public eye. It's just infuriating. Um, you've been a really huge advocate for talking about mental health since you left professional swimming. And I know you've spoken about your experience of panic attacks as well. Were they kind of sparked by the way you were treated by some of the newspapers and people on social media do you think was it connected at all no and and that was the bizarre thing and I think with my own mental health I had a sports psychologist when I was swimming so I kind of had a bit of exposure to that sort of stuff because I had a sports psychologist for three years in the sport but that was all performance based it was all sport based every every bit was kind of that mental side of, of sport and then obviously coming out of sport, and I went through so much in the space of kind of five, six years of just a lot of just retiring, setting up my own business, got married, got divorced, had a baby. There was so much during that time. And it wasn't for me anything anything traumatic that really sparked it off. And I think that's why I struggled with it at the start, because like you just said, what sparked it off? And it was it this. And there wasn't something that sparked it. There wasn't something really traumatic that happened in my life. And I think that's why I didn't really know what was happening. For the first couple of months, I didn't really recognize there were panic. It was anxiety. There were panic attacks. It kind of took a a while because I just thought, 
oh, this is just a bit normal. And it, I kind of couldn't really piece it together. And I found it really difficult. I didn't really speak to anybody about it for a good couple of months because I couldn't figure it out. Because like you just said, there wasn't something specific that would set it off. Um, and I think that's why it took me quite a few months to then say to my, to my partner, my husband now, but my boyfriend at the time, this is happening and what's going on. And he was brilliant. He'd never had them before, so, but he was so supportive and was just like, how can I help? And then that's when it was like, I don't really want to burden anyone else with this. So that's why I went down the therapy route. I do I do think therapy is not for everyone and, and everyone has their own ways of dealing with everything. But for me, it just was an absolute no-brainer and it was something that massively changed my life just going into that environment talking to somebody that wasn't connected to me didn't have that opinion couldn't and could professionally help me deal with it because nothing was sparking it off there wasn't a big traumatic event i think it was just a build up of everything that had been happening all those years and i think it was a build up of just so much in my life had finally then my life had started to finally slow down I was going 100 miles an hour when I was swimming 100 miles an hour for a couple of years when I retired and it was the first time that my life was starting to find a bit of balance and that sounds strange that that's what sparked it but I think it was just I had more time to think I had more time to process things and that's when then uh, everything just started to kind of spiral from there really did the therapy help you with any techniques for combating panic attacks? Are they still something that you experience now? Yeah, all the time, as in just um, acceptance of it, just definitely accepting um, when I feel a bit panicky, like I just I feel a bit unnervy, I will definitely accept it. I'll definitely communicate it, even if it's just acknowledgement of just to my husband in passing, just don't feel right today. That it makes a huge difference, but other techniques like just tapping in to my surroundings, like I do them with my, my kids, actually, they don't know that it's for me <laughs> the therapy techniques, but doing little games, like trying to find different colors around the room, different shapes around the room, um, playing the alphabet game. It's literally just to take me away from those kind of really anxious thoughts, anything to just kind of make me feel a bit grounded again. We play the alphabet game with animals, with boys' names, girls' names, like anything, food, anything, doing all that sort of stuff. And we do, I do it all the time. Um, it's great with the kids. <laughs> they love it, but it definitely just helps me go... I feel a bit better. It just gives me a moment to breathe, to catch my breath, to kind of um, take my, my brain attention away from the thoughts that I, I don't need to have. Yeah, absolutely. Also a big fan of the alphabet game. I do it when I'm trying to get to sleep. <laughs> I have done every boy's name, every girl's name under the sun. If I need to switch my brain off, it's the alphabet game to go to. Um, you've mentioned that so much of your life has changed in the past few years. You've divorced, you've remarried, you've had two lovely kids with Summer and Albie. How has becoming a mum shaped the way that you see yourself now or changed the way that you see your body? Oh, massively, massively. Like if somebody had said to me before I had kids, this was how I was going to feel and be, I wouldn't have believed them. Like it is completely different to what I expected. I've never really been the most maternal person in the world. Uh, it's always been my sisters that are so maternal, so great with kids. And I was part of sport. It was like, it, I didn't really need to tap into that side of me. And then as soon as I had kids, I'm completely maternal. 
I'm completely like the the soft one, the one that's just I love I love being around my kids and it's just completely softened me. It's completely changed my approach of going from a sport as well, which you have to be quite selfish to, to be a, a, a professional sports person. And to now, I just, I'm always the bottom of the priority list. I completely switch to now when you become a mum, you have to be selfless. That's just, your world is organizing and thinking about these little human beings that you've got to look after. So it completely changes. And certainly about myself as well. Like I don't have time to sometimes worry about the way I look. I don't focus on things. You kind of let go of quite some of the, the, they're not petty, but some of the, the stuff that I didn't need to hold on to in the past, because you simply do not have time as a mom to focus on those other things. Like sometimes I go, how, and I come back, my boyfriend's, at my, well, my husband now, he's like, did you go out like that? And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Like, just because my hair is like an absolute mess, I've not even brushed it, got no makeup on. I'm in like total lounge where I look like a saw, but I'm like, oh, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to pick the kids up. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to school drop off or whatever. Like, and it's just, it just changes, isn't it? You're just more relaxed. I kind of, I think going through, pregnancies and things like that and having kids you kind of go god the human body is amazing so and so one of my friends actually she um bless her had a very very premature little one who's totally okay but I kind of was moaning to her one day about my stretch marks and all this sort of stuff and she would turn around to me and she was like I would love to have stretch marks because I never got that chance because the, her little one came before she could even get to that stage of pregnancy and that has totally stayed with me that was from like nine years ago when I was eight years ago when I had summer and it completely stays with me all the time that when I want to moan about my stretch marks or how I've got this wobbly bit on my tummy that never seems to go I just remember that and I think I've given birth to two very healthy children like I, I'm not bothered about a stretch mark it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah that's amazing there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So I know you had a really, really tough 2022. You suffered a miscarriage and then had sepsis. Do you mind sharing what happened for listeners who might not have heard the story about that? Yeah, um, it was kind of one of those. We were 12 weeks pregnant at the time and going for our normal 12-week scan. Um, had no symptoms of a miscarriage at all. Um, it was felt like a normal pregnancy. You're tired, you're nauseous, you kind of all the normal symptoms of a pregnancy. Um, and especially from having two children, I 
didn't notice anything different either. Um, but obviously went to the 12 week scan and the poor lady, bless her, that has just the hardest job to then I could tell straight away something wasn't right. She was kind of like, okay, I'm just going to move you and I'm just going to get my colleague and came back. And then she had to say, yeah, unfortunately there, there is no heartbeat um, and had to tell us. And I, I, me and my husband were just completely like in shock because it was one of those, you don't expect it when there's been no symptoms, no nothing. We were so relaxed about it. Um, and then obviously from there, everything just kind of spirals. They kind of take you into a separate room. They tell you then you've got to have surgery and, and everything the next morning. And it was kind of just a blur because you literally go into this 12-week scan and we were just happy. We were chatting. We were like, oh, this is so exciting. And how are we going to tell the kids and all this sort of stuff to then phoning my, my parents going, I need you to look after the kids. I'm going into surgery in the morning and all, all this is happening. And it's so, there's such a, a, a step process that has to happen. I appreciate you have to go into surgery because you have to deal with what's happened, but it's so emotional at the same time as being so, um, well, this is what's got to happen, like formal in that, in that aspect. And obviously I had the surgery. I lost a lot of blood, um, like two liters of blood or something. So I stayed overnight in hospital, came out of hospital, um, just felt horrific, just couldn't, couldn't even explain how horrific I felt. I kept saying to my husband, like, I just don't feel right. And he was like, but, well, in what way are you, are you bleeding more? Are you this? And I was like, I can't, describe to you I just feel horrific I can't lift my head I feel like I can't breathe I feel like I've got no energy I went to the toilet and I fainted on the floor and I was like he was like right let's go back to hospital get in the car I was like I can't get in the car like I physically cannot move I I, I couldn't explain it then obviously the ambulance came and got sent back into hospital where they obviously then found out I had sepsis and kind of was then in hospital for about a week, et cetera. But it was just dealing with that whole, whole process because I felt so poorly afterwards, but I didn't have the emotional energy because you just have been through something horrific. So it took a good probably month to physically feel a bit more human again. It took, it took quite a, a while, but it's something that I don't think you ever get over a miscarriage I don't think it, it ever leaves you like me and my husband have said just even over the past couple of months when we would have had a little one and that the due date was this my husband was convinced we were going to have a girl all these different elements that you don't ever forget it stays with you but I think it's been important for me and him to still talk about those things and understand that he's feeling different ways to what I was as well like it's kind of because I was so poorly I think a lot of people were kind of like how's Becky not because they were just wanting to check on me but just because of how poorly I got whereas Andy was kind of a bit like I'm the dad of this child too it was hard for him to process so I think it's been really important for us both to be there for each other and accept that each other feels differently about certain things and, and just accepting that and talking about that together has been really important. Yeah, it's amazing you're sharing that story publicly as well, because as we know, like so many people go through this behind closed doors. And just I think the more you hear about it, the more you realise you're not alone in that experience. What did you both do to try and kind of process it and look after your mental health afterwards? Yeah. Um, and I think 
sharing that has been part of that journey. It, it was amazing to us um, how many people, like you, you said afterwards, came to us and were like, oh, we've, we've had miscarriages too. And we were like, we never knew. And it was like, I totally appreciate not everybody wants to share things. And we totally respect that a lot of our friends and family didn't ever tell anyone and they kept it so private. And I totally appreciate that that was their journey with it. But for me, it was like, wow, it really opened my eyes up. And I think that's why we did say something publicly because it was kind of like, hold on. Well, firstly, me and Andy want the support. I was kind of like, hold on, I'm taking a month off work here pretty much to get better. Had to tell everyone at work. And I kind of wanted people to know I was going through something. I didn't want to hide that. I didn't want to have to go back into work and be really upbeat. Like, oh yeah, where have you been? And it's kind of like, I kind of wanted to just own it and say, look, I am going to be sad. This is hard to deal with. And actually, the more I've spoken to people, I think that's what has helped us through this process and really helps from a mental health aspect. The fact that we've talked to other people, found out how they've processed, how they've dealt with it and their journeys. And it's just been incredible. It's one of those that I, I can't believe how common miscarriage is. It, it absolutely falls you when you hear the statistics around it. But when you just talk to, to all your friends and family about it, it's pretty much... Fifty percent of people I know that I'm like, how is this even possible? And it, it's kind of one of those that um, that's definitely definitely helped us. But certainly, just little things as well that's helped us. Just like Andy, just being has spoken very openly to me about things and vice versa. That one day I might not have even thought about it, but he might have. And I think it's important that we recognise that with each other. That he's having a day where he's going. Oh, and, and actually, I need to know that he's going through that because I come in from work and I'm just like, hey, how's your day? And it's kind of like, hold on, he's not in that space and what's going on? And I think it's just keeping that communication there and, and open at all times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd really love to know what else you do to look after your mental, your mental health kind of in general. Um, we start every episode of Mentally Yours by asking our listeners to tell us what they've been doing to look after their well-being this week. What have you been up to? Um, this week, I have read a book. <laughs> that for me is a big deal. Like I, with two kids, work full-time, etc. I just I never read a book. And it's one of those, even if I started a book, I never finish a book. So for me, I've read a full book, (laughs) start to finish. Obviously not in one go, but it's one of those for me. I love that time. I think you get very stuck into, not necessarily a rut because I, I love telly, but sometimes it is very much like you go home, you turn the telly on, or you're busy with the kids, or you're busy doing housework, or I'm busy on my laptop doing work. And I think I forget to break that mold sometimes like me and my husband we sound about 90 years old when I say this we love jigsaws and things like that so we tend to do stuff like that together which is really really nice but I think this week it's just been so nice to do something for myself read a book that I've wanted to read have a bit of peace and quiet and just get engrossed into a book I love that feeling of where it's just switch off, no kids, no noise, no nothing. I love just peace and quiet. So it's been heaven. (laughs) That sounds very nice. I'm also very impressed that you've managed to squeeze it in. You've partnered with SMA Pro Follow-On Milk and Growing Up Milk, which is why we're getting to have this lovely chat with you today. 
Is nutrition also a big part of your self-care routine or a priority for you and your family? I think it's one of those, yeah, certainly being um, an athlete, it's something that I've always kind of had in the back of my mind. I would never, ever say I'm not an expert in it at all, but I'm very aware of kind of just a balanced approach, making sure that my kids are getting everything they need and certainly becoming a mom really, really changed my approach to nutrition as well. Um, But certainly for me, my kids have got big age gaps. So obviously there's five years between my kids and I think so much changes. And I was kind of really worried once I had Albie that I was kind of like, oh gosh, all the advice has changed and all the things have changed. And it's kind of like, you get a bit um, nervous about that as a parent, making sure that your child is getting everything they need. So for me, I absolutely loved when getting approached and working on this campaign because obviously just highlighting that importance of vitamin D and iron. Um, for myself, I was completely shocked by the statistics. I don't know about you, but the 47%, it's just, it's such a high percentage of people, of, well, of babies that aren't getting enough. And it certainly um, makes me think, even for my eight-year-old, are they getting enough vitamin D and iron? So obviously to be invited by SMA Pro follow on milk, and growing up milk to undergo just the complete variety of, of uh, challenges as well and just getting to speak to experts because I think that sometimes as a parent you don't get that and it's kind of like really nice to have those experts on hand to talk about sleep nutrition movement absolutely everything and obviously we loved the triathlon that we did we had so much fun on the day and just doing all these little challenges with Albie and all the other kids but it was really great being at home and doing the three different challenges and cooking with Albie and doing a water activity all these different elements which um, just were a amazing to just feel okay the experts said this over Okay, so I think I'm doing it right as well, just to get a bit of confidence as a mom, making sure that just, yeah, my kids are getting enough, I'm doing the right thing. I think you all need that sometimes, definitely as a parent, because 90%, 90% of the time you're just winging it, aren't you? So it was great to work alongside the experts as well. You are just winging it most of the time, but it seems like you're doing a, you're doing a pretty good job, so I wouldn't worry too much. They seem to be all right. Um, we've got one final question for you that we ask all of our podcast guests. And that's what's the most important lesson that you've learned about mental health that you want to share with the Mentally Yours listeners? Most important lesson, I think would probably be just from my own personal experience, is that I think a lot of the time you associate anything to a big traumatic event or something happening, which is very sad or a a massive event. And I think it's important to acknowledge that even if it's something small, if it's affecting your mental health, that is a big deal in your world. And I think we shouldn't, I felt very guilty of um, kind of talking about mental health or, or my um, anxiety and panic attacks when I hadn't been through something traumatic. Because there is thousands, millions of people out there that have been through so many horrific things, whether it's something traumatic or grief or anything else. And when you don't experience those, you feel like, I don't really, I shouldn't really talk about mine. Whereas actually it's a big deal in your world if it's affecting you and your day to day and how you function as a human being as how I function at work or as a parent or whatever. It's equally as important you address those. So the, the small things and all that buildup of things is just as, as important that we kind of get, seek the help that we need, that support that we need. We all need that. And 
to try not to be embarrassed about it. I will acknowledge, like I told everyone I was going to therapy because I'd rather just be honest about it. And I, as much as people sometimes feel embarrassed about it or shy away from it, I think if anyone reacts badly to you saying you'll go to therapy or you have anxiety or or whatever it is, that's shame on them really, rather than shame on you. I think it's kind of like the reaction of other people. I, the only thing I got was help and support. And I think I really needed that. So I don't know about you, but I don't ask for help. I'm not one of those people. I won't ever ask for help. So actually by sharing it, it allowed me not to ask for help, but to people to offer that help and support without me asking for it in a roundabout way. So it was really lovely to have that. I didn't realize I needed the support that I needed with, if that makes sense. So yeah, I think everything um, is a big deal to, to you if it's affecting your world and you have a right to, to own that, talk about it and find the support that you need. Absolutely. I could not agree with that more. Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing so much with us today. You've been great. Thank you. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Thanks so much to Rebecca for being our guest this week on Mentally Yours. If you've been affected by anything you've heard today, please call the Samaritans on 116 123. You can find us on our Facebook group, Mentally Yours, and on X at Mentally YRS. And get involved. Tell us what you've been doing to look after your mental health this week. Message at Pineapple Audio Production on Instagram with your voice notes. Thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to follow and review for more podcast episodes coming your way soon. Mentally Yours is produced by Pineapple Audio Production. Bye for now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.